Hey, and welcome or welcome back to the Starting Over podcast. This episode is a deep one. It is all about getting intentional about how we live our lives rather than operating in autopilot day by day. So this is the invitation really to pause, to reflect, to zoom out and to adopt that wider lens on life and really realize that time is so, so precious and it flies by much quicker than we realize. Now, the inspiration for this podcast, it came from the brilliant, wise, inspirational Australian former nurse, Bronnie Ware, who wrote an incredible book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And I am going to go into those top five regrets of the dying on this episode. I have it in a post-it note right in front of me on my laptop where I work from every day because I want to be guided by these lessons, these really, really profound lessons that make you realize what life is all about. Now, if you've been following along with the podcast and you haven't done so already, I would be really, really grateful if you clicked pause wherever you're listening to this and shared a quick rating or review, or otherwise shared this episode with somebody who you love, somebody else who might really benefit from having this little mini wake-up call about what's important in life. Now, Bronnie Ware, the author of this book, she spent so many years caring for patients in a hospice in the final weeks of their life. And she realized that so many people had deep regrets regarding how they had chosen to live their lives. And she wanted to impart that wisdom gained so that we, you, me, as well as our family, our friends, we can all start living our lives better now. And haven't you heard that old saying, learn from other people's mistakes. Life is too short to make them all yourself. That jumps out in mind and really underscores the importance of really gaining those insights and wisdoms from the experiences of other people who are often a few steps ahead of us in life. So with that in mind, let's start with the story of Grace. So Grace, as she's described, is this beautiful old woman in her 80s. Now she's an artistic, creative, talented woman. But she shares the struggle, the silent struggle that had haunted her for decades. And that was that she did not use these artistic and creative talents of hers ever in her life. So she had sacrificed her aspirations to be an artist because it went against what she was told to do by her family and also by her wider society during that time. And in those final days, she said, you know what? I really wish I had have had the courage to live a life true to myself and not a life that others expected of me. And Bronnie went on to realize that that is such a common regret that so many people had expressed. And I'm not sure if maybe this is resonating with you right now about some of the choices that you have made. I mean, I know recently I met with a friend who's working in a job that she really doesn't like and is feeling quite trapped because responsibilities are there and she doesn't see a clear way out and transition into something else, which I'm sure there is. We'll come to that another time. But she said, you know, Shannon, I really praise you for your courage, for daring to do what you do, for becoming a coach, for doing a podcast, for doing something that you love. It doesn't mean that it all necessarily works out as you expect, but there is something really fulfilling and heart-opening in daring to 
Do something that is authentic to you, something that lights you up and brings you joy and energizes you rather than drains you. So I think that's one of the really key lessons here. Like, is there any way in which you are not living a life that is true to you right now and that you are following what you've been taught to do? Food for thought. What was the second regret? So this second regret is linked to work and specifically working too hard. Men listening, this is particularly prevalent for you. She said this came up in every single male patient that she nursed. And perhaps for men, even more so than for women, there's been a lot of self-worth and status and success attached to what you achieve at work. But what was interesting is that when Bronnie was interviewing these male patients of hers, she realized that so many of them had come to terms with the cost of living their life in that way. And that cost was in part health, mental health, but also losing time with loved ones, with children, with family, with friends. And she says, you know, sometimes the reflection here is, do you actually need to earn the income that you believe you need to you so this isn't to say okay pack in pack in work and go and live in a ashram in india because it's what you always wanted to do i don't know why that just came to mind if you want to do it go for it but are there any ways in which you can work a little less hard and i know something if i reflect on my journey so far in work i have lost so much time focusing on insignificant details because of a desire for excellence or even perfection. And I really woke up to realizing that actually that is just a same shame-based fuel that invites in stress. And now in order to better manage my time and keep this real lesson about working hard in check, I, I'm guided by two simple questions. And maybe they're questions that could be useful for you as well. And they are, how can I make this easier? Or what would this task look like if it were easy? Two simple questions, but I found that that helps me win back time that I can use in places that I genuinely care about. So what would life look like for you if you weren't working so hard and you were living a life that was true to yourself, not one that others expected of you? The third regret. What is it? This is linked to suppressing of feelings, particularly in order to avoid conflict or keep peace with others. Bronnie discovered that so many of us or so many of the patients that she nursed settled for mediocrity and they never became who they were truly capable of becoming. She said some even developed illnesses related to the bitterness and the resentment that they had carried with them as a result of the years of living in this way. But the lesson or the regret was, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had the courage to have those hard conversations, to stand up for my own needs, to develop more authentic and real connections with people, rather than swallowing it and burying it and keeping it all inside. I recently worked with a brilliant 70-year-old man who has had an illustrious career as an international chief executive officer, former physicist, 
incredibly bright, and he's now 70 years old and wanting to become a digital entrepreneur. And he has a 10-year plan from 70 to 80 of what he is going to do in order to achieve this and has enlisted my help on that journey. I think I'm going to send him this episode, perhaps even the point about working so hard. But one of the lessons to come out of that for me was how much he recognized the importance of being more vulnerable, more emotional, and expressing expressing his feelings and sharing his stories. And yet he had the courage at least to say to me, Shannon, I just don't know how to do it. I understand the importance of this, but I'm so I have been so trained to shut down that part of myself that I don't know how to do it. And that was so endearing, I've got to say, but and it shows at what point we have lessons throughout our whole, whole life. But the takeaway here, dare to have the courage to be more vulnerable, to express your feelings to people around you, to set boundaries for yourself with people who try to exploit you, or to say no when you really mean no, or to tell someone that you love them so much and you're absolutely terrified that they're going to break your heart. Have the courage to express your feelings more and you will see it will transform your relationships to a whole new level. What was the fourth regret? This fourth regret is something that I am sure that everyone listening can resonate with in some level because research shows that this starts really tanking from the age of 18 years old. So the lesson is, or the regret and lesson is, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. So this study that I read recently, it shows that our time spent with friends peaks, incredibly so, at 18 years old, and then it totally nosedives to the point that we start spending way more time, predominantly the majority of our time, with our colleagues and with our life partner, increasing amounts. But we lose contact with our friends. Of course, we are so busy at work, then we have our family responsibilities on top of that, household responsibilities. But one of the main, main regrets that kept on coming up for Bronnie was, I wish, I really wish I did the work that was necessary to cultivate, to make, and to keep close friends. And we know that that isn't easy. We meet so many people. We have so many surface level acquaintances. But how many close friends do you really have? How many people do you have that you can phone when times get really, really tough? I certainly woke up to this myself when I was going through a legal case and was it was the most challenging time of my life and then realized who is there for me then. And it can be so confronting. But it is so, so important to maintain those friendships that we have. And we know that the quality of our relationships is really what determines the quality of our lives. And friendship is a big, big part of that. Bronnie found in those final days before people passed over, they would often say, it's love and relationships in the end. That's, that's really, really what matters. And yet we often don't live our lives with that lesson in mind. So what is something, an action that you could take right now? It could be as simple as making a 15-minute window in your day to 
drop a few text messages to people that you care about or to pick up your phone at the end of the day and have a call or just send a voice note to one of your friends checking in and really making it a priority to stay in touch because it is so, so easy to lose touch and before you know it, for those close friends to drift into distant acquaintances. And what is the fifth and final regret? It's kind of a controversial one because people don't often believe that you choose to be happy. But this is part of it. People said, I wish I had let myself be happier. In many respects, happiness is a choice. It is part of a daily action. Perhaps for you, for me, it is having more fun with things, being a little bit less serious and a bit more light, looking like I said the question before, what would this look like if it were easy? How can I make this task that I'm doing now more enjoyable? How can I put aside my negativity bias or my constant worrying about the future or my attempts to control the different outcomes that are going to happen or stressing about my performance at work and how can I ease into a place of greater joy and happiness? This reminds me so much of the previous episode with Kristen Butler, who is the CEO of The Power of Positivity. If you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to go back and check it out. It was all on the su- whether it's possible to have success without burning out. And she realized herself that she had over-prioritized work to the extent that she did experience a burnout and probably a large number of these regrets as well because she had lost contact with her friends with what was making her happy. And then she realized I really needed to start cultivating more positivity in my life more gratitude for the things that are going right because there is always, always something to be grateful for. And there's always, always going to be a problem, always. And instead of seeing life as one big problem to be solved, how can we shift that mindset into something that is, life is an adventure to be lived and it's going to be full of hurdles, but it doesn't mean that that will always come at the expense of my happiness. And I realized so much of this lies in savoring the little moments. So this came up for me this weekend. I went to Geneva with my son, William, and stayed with a friend. He was so excited because we could share a sofa bed. And he woke up in the morning so cheerful, gave me the biggest cuddle, then sat on my lap and was, I was trying to teach him how to make a bow in my pajama pants. And what I realized in that moment was that I was already there ruminating on the days gone by or planning for the future of the things I needed to do, what would be coming up. And I caught myself in that moment of not being truly present with him and then thought, wow, I need to stop this right now. My six-year-old son is smiling, sitting on me. He's happy to be with his mum, which probably isn't going to last for that much longer. Like this is the moment. This is the only moment that I have right now. I will never experience this again. I will never get it back. And I know for sure that one day I will be nostalgic about this time when he's older, when he's left home, when I'm reflecting on how special it was to have these moments. We think we need certain circumstances in our life to all tee up in order to be really happy. But really the happiness starts in these little moments of joy that you have on the daily. So question, are any of these regrets resonating with you? 
I'll give you a quick summary. I wish I'd lived a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And I wish I'd allowed myself to be happier. If any of this is resonating with you and you've had little realizations as you're listening to this, act on it. Take action. Drop a text or call your friend to check in. Have that hard conversation with the person you know you should have a conversation with, but you've been putting off. Take up a new hobby that's something that brings you joy, that inspires, that energizes you. Take action. Because what we do know about regret, and this comes from the brilliant Daniel Pink, he says people regret more the things that they didn't do rather than the things that they do or do do. So there is power in regret if we allow it to propel us forward into action, to reflect, to make smarter decisions, to do things differently as opposed to ruminate or dwell on what has gone wrong and what we cannot change. And that starts by taking little actions in the direction that we want to go. So choose consciously, choose wisely, choose honestly, and choose happiness. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope that this has been a little wake-up call about getting a little bit more intentional about life. Now, if you know of anyone who would benefit from hearing this message right now, or you even want to send it as a little love reminder to people you care about, hey, I'm here for you. This made me think of you. Please, please do it. And have a wonderful day.